Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout college and the NFL for all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, and Dynasty fantasy football managers. We're just three friends who spent all our time talking fantasy anyway, so we figured why not get a few mics and capture our conversations. My name's Rick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh Pecoraro and Jacob Ellis, a.k.a. Jealous. Welcome back to the show. It's Rick, Josh, and Jell back with some more fantasy goodness. We alluded to it last week, and now it's here. Today we're going to be going over our Dynasty Dream Teams, where we spent some time going through mock drafts trying to put together the perfect Dynasty teams for each of our individual opinions, which will be fun to go over. Uh, before we dive into those, uh, we had a holiday last weekend. Josh, tell me how your 4th of July went. It was great. Weather was hot, but it was uh, it was fun. Went to the uh, parents' house on Friday, went to the lake, and uh, was out at the sandbar drinking beers with Dad and um, brothers oh, and Papa sisters Mick. came up. Yeah, Mickey. Dan was there, Gina, um, nieces Gina. and nephew celebrated Gina and uh, Ari's <laughs> birthday, so it was uh it was a lot of fun and gotta uh, love Gina's birthday. Yeah, drank a uh, a <laughs> lot of a lot of beverages, and then we went up by uh, the fiance's parents' land as well in uh, central Wisconsin. Sat out and had some fires, and yeah, it was a blast. And uh, as everybody is well aware now, listening to our what is this sixth episode, and uh, back on the beer train, drinking some uh, Three Sheep's Full Spectrum. It's a fruited sour with blackberry, passion fruit, and lemongrass, and once I get done with that one this episode, we're going to jump right into Mr. Rebel Kent Amber Ale. from Still three rocking the well. three sheeps. Three sheeps to the wind. Dude. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be three sheeps to the wind after this episode. <laughs> Beautiful. Into my dream team. Dream team. <laughs> there you go. Jell, uh, Jell, tell me about your uh, your fourth. Oh, it was great. I went uh, had went up back up to Wisconsin for uh, just to get up there. And went and saw some. Well, not just to get up there. Part of it was me just getting up there. Okay. I did not get it up up there, unfortunately. Okay. Strike out. All right. <laughs> Strike out that weekend. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, went and saw some high school buddies, which was great. The other thing that was really cool was uh, Bucks Game Six was on Saturday, and we went to. You know, I don't know if you guys have been watching any Bucks playoffs games, but we went to the that giant watch party right outside Pfizer Forum. There's like ten thousand people all just watching on this big screen right outside the stadium. Fucking nuts. So it was like That's one of, it was one of the coolest things I've I've ever been a part of. So uh yeah, that that was that was amazing. And then uh and then yeah, obviously, you know, went down, saw the parents and uh and got around a golf in with you guys. And then, and then we had the wedding. So oh, yeah. I remember that nice birdie you had. Yeah, that's that was, uh, that, that was one in a million right there. Dropping it one foot away on a par I did three. The same, I did that same thing up in Michigan. I had that one thing yeah. on that par three. Yeah. about uh, Two in a million. I think, was, I think it was four four feet, three inches from the hole. That got one yeah, me, one me for six one shot oh, every just, golf season. You just lay down your dick to measure that one? That's all, that's all that it took, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that, that got me a solid sixty. Dick jokes. That got me a solid sixty <laughs> bucks from from the winnings, and then I went and took that money, and instead of uh, saving it because I have already had already spent Jesus Christ probably a grand that weekend between the flight and 
and the golf yeah. itself and just the amount of your the, six night the, hotel the stay flowing drinks all week uh yep. no instead of just hanging on to that 60 bucks i just decided hey why don't i go out and buy 21 shots for for you guys and and the, the other people at Michigan, but I didn't know you could get twenty one shots for sixty bucks. Elf. Well, it wasn't just that's a heck of bucks. a deal. It was it was probably closer. Oh to one, darn! Uh, but that's where that sixty <laughs> bucks went. But that's not uh, you know that's neither here nor there. It was it was a great time, and so the weekend was you know Fourth of July weekend. Unfortunately, no fireworks in Milwaukee, uh, which. Every year, that's always amazing. They do it over Lake Michigan, you know, coming from the Summerfest grounds. Canceled it because I guess they have staffing issues, just like everywhere else in the country. So mm-hmm. they had to; they were forced to cancel the fireworks, which stunk. But still, a great weekend. And then, and then, yeah, throughout the week, you know, like I said, saw the parents went golfing, and then, and then the wedding on Saturday, which was oh, just—I yeah. mean. Can't ask for a better playlist. Can't ask for a more lively, epic dance floor. So, I, you know, hats off to you, Rick. You guys put on a hell of a show. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. Uh, it's been a fun, fun couple weeks here. Fourth uh, of July didn't have a lot going on for me. Uh, mostly just you know wedding prep stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's what that weekend was was for me. Uh, golf, of course. With, with you guys was fun. Uh, but yeah, otherwise just, uh, you know, finishing up those last touches for the wedding, which was a blast. Uh, everything went the way that we hoped it would. Uh, so I am thankful that nothing went wrong. Um, yeah, love to love. Can't believe Papa Tom busted moves on the I know, right? Life. Well, that's what you get when you, when you can, you know, handpick his personal hits by having his son be the one in charge of picking the music that's what you get as a side effect which is you know the perk of not hiring a dj um so yeah it it was it was a good time uh happy to be married now feels good feels like it should uh and ready to dive into another podcast episode uh before we do i do uh still have the same alcohol problem i had last week which <laughs> you made another mistake which yes i i made another mistake also known as the uh what is it the the pirate without it's just shitty wop scurvy you just shitty wop tried well to... i there's no added sugar though which is a nice little perk here did you let it ferment the last week no no just just freshly oh. poured <sighs> freshly poured blueberries and rum a- with a little a- bit of steak. ice on top uh so it should be a fun episode um yeah let's let's dive right in and for the sake of buying me time to take some sips of my beverage here uh josh why don't we uh dive in with your team and uh before we fully get going you know the concept of this being our dynasty dream teams this was our opportunity to do you know several mock drafts from different locations within the draft to see and we did we did 12 team leagues and half ppr dynasty as our as our format here and sort of felt it out to find out where we should draft from and how we should go about doing the draft to create a team that we thought we would absolutely love to have. Uh, so that in mind, Josh, what was your initial strategy when you started effing around with this? All right. So what I used for our platform, and I think you guys did as well, is Sleeper. For those of you that like to do mock drafts, they're not a sponsor of ours by any means, but they're a great platform. Very good options for plugging in different how many teams you have in your leagues, your different league formats, whether it's Superflex, whether it's six-point 
four point whatever you can pretty much put whatever you want to on there and run through and do a bunch of drafts because let's face it that's how you get good at drafting to start off the season and knowing where players should be going so what i did for my strategy i jumped into the sixth spot of my draft um I don't like being first in that first couple picks just because I don't like that long turn coming back from the 12 spot. You're picking first and grabbing, yeah, you're going to grab McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, whoever, and then you're going to come back and there's going to be a teardrop there. So um, I chose the sixth spot. I went in. Yeah, crocodile tears. (laughs) So I went into the sixth spot. My typical draft strategy is I like to go running back heavy at the start just because they're hard to find. So I thought I was going to be doing that, and then I thought into it more, and I ended up going Justin Jefferson with my first pick. So I ended up skipping over Devonta Adams. With this being dynasty format here, I just felt Justin Jefferson was the better move there over a running back, over Devonta Adams, just because the wide receiver position has a lot more longevity than a running back does in dynasty format. Justin Jefferson was a rookie last year. He's going to have tons and tons of years in the future that he's going to be productive and be a stud on your fantasy team. So I locked in my wide receiver one with Justin Jefferson there. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on that? The other player that was available that I had such a hard time going between was Jonathan Taylor. He was sitting there for me at six as well, but I... I just had to go with the wide receiver position there. What do you guys, what do you guys think on my first pick? I, I love it. Um, I, I did about four of these mock drafts and one of them, I started with Justin Jefferson for the same reasons. Uh, longevity. He proved as a rookie, he's absolutely dominant. So I could never, ever fault you for picking him at the sixth spot in, in a dynasty league. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like to go running back early. I think there's just more wide receiver depth, so I personally would go Jonathan Taylor there. Uh, but there's no question that Jefferson's going to be solid for a number of years. I just personally, I just personally like to go running back if there's one of those top tier guys available, and I think JT falls into that, you know, tier one type of, you know, type of back. So I would have gone him there, but Jefferson's going to be a boss. And he was obviously last year's rookie year, as was Taylor. But, you know, I personally like to go back, but that's just my own strategy. Yeah, no, and like I said, that's where I struggled a little bit. It was going away from my normal draft strategy because I like to go running back heavy. And I just I couldn't see my team, my dream team, without Justin Jefferson on it. And if I don't take him there, he's not going to be on it. So, um, And then for those of you listening as Uh, We also wanted to make this realistic. So when we say our dream team, it's not our actual like players that we would like to have on our team that is unrealistic. So we're not doing McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. People were dumb in our league and didn't draft Dalvin Cook the entire rest of the first or second round. These are guys that are going relatively ADP-wise in the rounds that they're going to. So we just want to make sure that was clear. Um, So my second round pick with going wide receiver first I did want to make sure I got my running back and I ended up going with Najee Harris so I started off my team with Justin Jefferson and Najee right there so I felt like that was um, 
great combo to build my team around. The only other player I was considering that is right around Najee's ADP for Dynasty in that mid-second round was Cam Akers. I just felt with the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers running backs that it's I'd had a better shot long-term with Najee there instead of Cam Akers. I am really high on Cam Akers, but Stafford doesn't have a ton of years left where Rams offense might not be that great. Pittsburgh, we've seen the longevity there where it doesn't matter. Even if Big Ben's out, Lev Bell was there and was running wild. So I felt comfortable having Najee there as my RB1 in the second round. Would you guys have taken Akers over Najee or you like Najee there? I might take Akers over Najee, but those two are really, really close for me. I know that ADP-wise, I think Akers falls ahead of Najee in Dynasty ADP. Um, And I I certainly think that he's got high potential, but at the same time, you know, the Rams have shown that they don't don't care to commit to people all that much. They're fine with just kind of rotating to whoever's got the hot hand, and Pittsburgh doesn't have a choice, so I I love the Najee pick. Yeah, I I mean, I probably would go Cam just because he did show that he's going to be, he he showed last year that he can be solid and he's going to be a starter for that Rams team that does love to use their running backs. I mean, we saw, we saw what Gurley did while he was in LA and it's still McVay back there. It's still McVay calling the plays. God, Rick. (laughs) Um, Doesn't taste any better. This drink just looks, looks too appetizing. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, I, I would have gone acres there, but I have no issue with, with going Najee, uh, Najee's going to get, he's going to be a workhorse. There's no question about that. I just, I quit. The only thing, the only thing that I question about going acres over Najee is we don't Najee's offensive line. Isn't going to be, it's not as strong as I think the Rams, although that Rams offensive line is aging. So Najee may be the better dynasty pick again. I could go, I could say 50, 50 on this. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was torn with it, too. I feel like either way, I was making a good choice there, and I needed to grab one of those top-tier running backs in the second spot going wide receiver in my first round. So that leads me to my third-round pick, and I'm going to be honest, this was the pick that I struggled with the most. We had quite a few guys sitting out there, and Kyle Pitts was very, very, very intriguing. And I spent probably half an hour just trying to figure out where I was going to go with my third pick and ended up not taking Kyle Pitts. And I went with Justin Jefferson's teammate at LSU, Jamar Chase. So I wanted to lock up. I think he's going to be an absolute stud for a long time. I went Jamar Chase over Kyle Pitts also due to, we don't know how long Matt Ryan's going to be there. And it really scares me after Matt Ryan's gone, what that Atlanta Falcons offense is going to look like in a couple years. With Matt Ryan's contract, they can't cut him for at least two years, but it scares me a little bit. Pitts, in the short term, is probably going to be a lot better of a player. He's going to come out of the gates firing, but I know Jamar Chase. I know Joe Burrow's going to be throwing him the ball for a long time, as long as they're both still on the Bengals, which I don't see that not happening. I mean, Joe Burrow looked awesome last year in his rookie year before the injury happened. And you had Jamar Chase, uh, his teammate at LSU, great rapport there. And Jamar Chase is coming in first round pick. He's got that fifth year option. So, you know, he's locked in with the Bengals for five years. So um, I know Rick, you're probably going to have a little bit different 
point of view here than I did, but I that's where I went with Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can get into into my take on Pitts a little later, but uh, I I love Jamar Chase as a dynasty player, as a redraft player. It doesn't matter. He's insanely talented. He's going back with his college quarterback who broke a bunch of records with him as a wide receiver before. They're going to be awesome. Jamar Chase is going to be awesome. This is an easy plug-and-play round three dynasty pick. I, I'm i a fan. He really likes his grandmother's sugar cookies, which is a nice <laughs> trait for Jamar Chase to have. Wrong. Um, so, yeah, you know, you got to love when, when they have that little piece of heart coming out of their, out of there too. So, uh, yeah, big, big Jamar Chase fan. Joe, what do you think? I... I- I put premium on the position, and I would have gone Pitts there. Um, I also think that Pitts, is, as we all know and what we've seen, is that he's just an absolute freak. Not that Jamar Chase isn't, but there is that position premium on a tight end. And so I would have I would have gone Pitts there myself. However, I, I mean, again, back to that Najee Cam Akers deal, I think he could go 50-50 on each and... and depending on your roster construction and what you're eyeing in the future. You know, if you have a tight end that you're eyeing that you know you can plug in and you know you can get a couple rounds later, then I have no problem with you going chase. Especially for, I mean, Dynasty format and Redraft, I I think they're both going to be, they're going to be great right away and for the next decade. Yeah, yeah, no, that, like I said, this was the toughest pick for me, just seeing Pitts in Dynasty going in that third round. It was just... It's it's tough. It it really was, but I felt confident that I could find some sort of flyer later on that I'll get into in quite a few rounds later, but <laughs> I'll get into my tight end selection. So kind of just avoided that position. Um due to in a couple picks, I'll be going over somebody that I took a little bit earlier on than I usually do. So I avoided the tight end position for a little while here. But fourth round came along and had two wide receivers on my roster, had a running back. I knew if I waited any longer with the running back position and kicked that to the curb, it would be slim pickings, and I needed to grab somebody that I can plug in from day one that I'm pretty confident is going to be the starting running back going into the season and or at least have a big role after the first couple weeks. And I ended up going Javante Williams in the fourth round out of Denver. So I love it went with him i i love denver they're going to be running the football especially with the quarterbacks take some heat off of them cold weather games as i touched on two weeks ago i i think javante is the real deal and i think he's going to be very good and be able to plug him in so it's a little scary right now my uh, roster construction is three rookies and justin jefferson so um a little shaky but sounds like a dynasty roster. yeah it's a dynasty roster it is <laughs> might not win the first year but we're built for success so yeah, um, and then I'll I'll run in run through my next two picks, and then you guys can kind of comment if you want to know anybody else around any of them. But just for the sake of going through my team, fifth round, um, I wanted to get a veteran in there, somebody that I can plug in that puts up consistent stats each year, and ended up going with Amari Cooper. Still got a few years left. Grab that veteran presence. Dallas's offense is doing well, uh, so I was confident having him as my wide receiver three so you can plug him into your flex spot and it's pretty solid lineup if you can have amari cooper in your flex spot and then with my sixth pick this is where i did something i usually don't do usually i draft quarterbacks late but i just i couldn't pass up the opportunity having a t daddy trevor lawrence on my team so i went trevor lawrence in the sixth round so so you are going hard 
rookies. Hard rookie. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that are rookie and second year players on my team. So I filled in, sprinkled in some veterans a little bit later on. And I'll run through briefly, but I went pretty heavy with some of the studs that have come out of the last two classes. So what do you guys uh, think about my four, five, six picks in Williams, Cooper, and Lawrence? Well, I'm a little jealous that you got Cooper in the fifth because on my draft, he went at the uh, 410 pick. So I didn't even have him as a anywhere close to to my spot in the fifth. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I, I'm a fan of what you did there. Um, it'll be apparent soon enough that uh, I like the Javante Williams pick. And um, certainly Trevor Lawrence makes total sense as a dynasty grab as your QB1 because, you know, Let's get real. I don't care what the beat reports or the coaches rather say. Trevor Lawrence is going to start game oh, one. It's just that's bullshit. He's, I don't even understand <laughs> like why stupid. they're BSing, trying to BS their way around it. It makes no it's sense. No. It's really fun when coaches try and fool. And the Bears are really good at this. Try and fool everyone by not telling them their plans, even though everyone else knows the plans. So it's just kind of this fun little game where everyone uh, else is aware and the team itself is in the dark that everyone else is aware so that's kind of what's happening with jacksonville right now urban meyer trying to keep his uh keep his cards close to the chest which is not working at all because they're two-sided cards uh if yeah if, i don't know like how much you guys have paid attention to what urban has said over this off season, but he's just basically been talking out of his ass the entire time like he's it's just it's just been bs like left and right I mean that works out because his mouth kind of looks like a butthole. <laughs> he's got well, he's also got the butthole chin. So. Yeah, I mean it's all there. <laughs> he's got to throw a couple thicker it cheeks all, it on. He's a full-on ass face. Joe, uh, <laughs> uh, you got any other thoughts on those uh, three picks, Josh? I mean, I, I just there? I love the the Javante Williams pick, Eric. I don't want to, you know. I'm not going to steal your thunder if you said you're going to talk about him later. But, I mean, we, we talked about him on a previous episode, too, about how, yeah. you know, we all, we all know that this Melvin Gordon situation, it's if it's it's tricky at best. And they're going to, I think Javante is going to come out of, you know, come out of camp or come out of the preseason at least with, at worst, a split backfield at, you know, but possibly getting the Lions, uh, Lions had share of the, of the carries in Denver. Yep. All right. All right, Josh, this is with your seven, right. seven, eight, nine. I'm going to, I'll throw in a 10 too. I'll let you guys comment on four. So be ready. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So you'll love this one, Al. I got another rookie here in the seventh round. I needed, yes, a, I needed a running back. And uh, with Jeff Wilson Jr. out, I, I like Trey Sermon a lot. I think he's going to take over that starting role sooner than later. And that San Francisco backfield is a one that you really want to have somebody in. There's, they're, They've been studs for the last X amount of years, and they haven't really had that workhorse. Raheem Mostert looked great last year, but he's been very injury-plagued, so I don't expect him to play a full season. And Trey Sermon's looked good so far in camp, and I, I think he's somebody I'll be able to plug in, put in a flex spot right away. So, And then this is probably my most dicey, interesting pick out of all of the picks that I had. Eighth round, I don't know what it was. I... I tried to find somebody else, but I just I kept going back to having the stack of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So I went Joe Burrow in the eighth round. I grabbed my two quarterbacks, said I'm done. I'm going to ride with those guys for my dynasty and ride them off into the sunset. And I, I couldn't help the fact to put Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in my lineup here and there too and just have that stack because I think that stack's going to be unbelievable. Ninth round, 
Another rookie gel, Elijah Moore. <laughs> Absolutely love Elijah Moore out of the Jets. I mean, he's had just a phenomenal camp. He he's going to be a stud. So, and then the tenth pick had down year last year, but I expect to have him potentially be the wide receiver one in Las Vegas and took Henry Ruggs the third. So, what do you guys think of my uh, seven, eight, nine with Sermon, Burrow, Moore, and Ruggs? I am, I, Henry Ruggs just doesn't do it for me. I'm fine with the other picks, but Henry Ruggs just does not do it for me. I mean, he's got, he's got blazing speed, but, and I know, I didn't understand why he was the first shit, not just the first running or first wide receiver overall taken in that 20, 2020 draft. Yep. Uh, but the first Alabama receiver taken just, just that alone, I mean, when there you had Jerry Judy there, you had C.D. Lamb there. I think that it, they sh- both showed that their promise is a lot higher than Henry Ruggs. Now, Gruden obviously is very aggressive on offense, so hopefully he can get Ruggs more into the games, at least more involved on a on a weekly basis. But just from last year, there was there was such a lack of production. I obviously understand it more in dynasty than a redraft, and this is a dynasty based. Uh, draft, you know, dream team draft that we're doing, but I'm, I'm, I don't know enough to make, you know, I don't know what to make of rugs. So I'm just myself. I, I tend to be out on him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Josh, you said you wanted to uh, ride out into the sunset with Lawrence and Burrow. That sun's not going to set for like 17 years. No, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm stacked, and that's a position now yeah. I, I don't have to worry about again for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> yeah, yep, totally agree. Um, I think I'm a little more on board with the Ruggs train there. Um, not that it's, you know, a big hype train, but I think that he's going to be better than he was last year. Obviously, he's not CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, but he is useful in his own right, and I think that now that Nelson Aguilar's out of town, Yes, John Brown is there too, so we'll see who gets the the big deep uh, catches. I know that last year there were plenty of scenarios where uh, Henry Ruggs was wide open deep and Derek Carr was just missing him. So he he could have been better last year. I am hopeful that he's better this year. Uh, I don't I don't mind the pick. No, I've got two questions for you guys. I'm just going to throw out some names in um, the seventh round and then the tenth round where Rugs went. So I'm looking more at Sermon and Rugs on my team, and I'm going to throw out some guys that went within two picks of those guys that I could have also taken for my dream team. See where you guys sit if I made the right call and your perspectives or not. Ellis, I know you had an issue with Rugs. Other guys going in his general vicinity for Dynasty. We've got Jarvis Landry. Terrace Marshall, Robert Tunyon, Ruggs, Hunter Henry. Those were the guys that were within two picks of mine. So I Ruggs had the most upside for me. You could argue maybe Terrace Marshall, but I I felt like Ruggs was the guy I wanted. He's got that deep play ability, and I I thought that's where I wanted Marshall's to go. probably the guy that I would have gone with there just because I Robbie Anderson has one. This is his last year on his contract. Marshall's eventually going to be that second wide receiver in Carolina. And I, I, I guess, you know, Ruggs, again, he's got mad speed, and that's that's nice. That's all good and well. But so did Darius Hayward Bay in Oakland. So 
I, I hope Ruggs turns out to be a better receiver than Hayward Bay, but I just, I have my hesitations and I'd rather take more of a flyer at Marshall. He's obviously much more of an unknown in terms of what he could do in the pros, but I, I guess I would just lean Marshall just because of my own lack of belief in Ruggs or in the Raiders and I guess the Raiders in general. Where do you sit, Rick? Yeah, I, I think I agree. I'll take the unknown of Marshall over the known so far of Ruggs. That's kind of always the tricky thing with rookies is that rookies are unknown. And in Dynasty Leagues, there's kind of a, a collective agreement of everyone in the league that the last several bench spots are going to go to guys that have proven nothing and have the you know hypothetical potential to be incredible instead of just filling your roster with guys who are mediocre and could be plug-and-play if they had to be. So it's nice that everyone agrees to that in Dynasty so that your J.D. McKissicks of the world can sit on waivers until you need them. Um, but I, I th- I'll take the—I the, I will stash Terrace Marshall over Henry Ruggs right now, but just barely. All right. Yeah, no worries at all there. Um, seventh round, I wanted to throw that back as well. Um I drafted Trey Sermon. Other guys that were going around him were Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel, and also Michael Carter. I needed a running back at that point in time based on my roster makeup. I had Najee Harris and Javante Williams there, so I ended up going with Trey Sermon. I felt like his prospects long-term were better than Michael Carter. And then with the two wide receivers there and Sutton and Debo, I like I said, I felt that running back was where I needed to go with that pick. Surprised you didn't go with your boy Debo. I, it was tough. That's, it was tough. I love I love me some Debo, but yeah, I, I needed a running back there. I yeah, took I his mean, teammate. I, <laughs> I would have gone if I were, you know, if I had, you know, just not considering roster construction, and obviously you're saying you needed a running back, so I would have gone Sermon over Carter as well. Uh but if I had the choice between, you know, any of those four guys, I would have gone Sutton one. I may, I probably would have gone Sutton one, Sermon two, then, uh, then your boy Debo, and then and then Carter. But of course, everything's built on you know how your how the rest of your roster is, so how it shakes out. So, I I mean, if you have to go running back, Sermon was obviously the guy. Yeah, uh, I I agree too. Sermon's the guy there, based on roster construction only. Uh, Trey Sermon, I mean, uh, Cortland Sutton is, you know, my guy. I would have forced it, and we'll find out later that I did force it. (laughs) But, uh, yes, in your scenario, with your roster construction, I understand the Trey Sermon pick for sure. All right, so, yeah, I'll dive into my 11th. And from last week's episode, we must have a ton of listeners pushing up his ADP because I I went Darnell Mooney as the 11th. 11th draft pick. So, all right. Yeah. I, uh, I, like I had touched on last week, I really like Darnell Mooney, and I think he's going to be a boom player this year, and I, I really like that. And then I'm going to throw a little uh, – see if you guys can guess who my uh, 12th pick is here. I just got his mini helmet off of a not-a-sponsor pristine auction for $30. Cole Kmet. Cole Komet it is. Good guess. Yes! All Good right. guess. So that is my uh, tight end that I chose to take a flyer Holy on right moly. now. So Fucking nailed it's, it. Nicely done. It's scary having two bears in my first 12 picks, but I really like Justin That's Fields' amazing. long-term prospects there. Cole Komet looked awesome last year. Jimmy Graham's 
maybe going to be there this year. He could end up being a cut once it boils down to it before the season starts. But Cole Komet's going to be their main tight end this year. So Jimmy Graham will be sprinkled in here and there. Cole Komet was great, not only in the red zone, but also just getting him the ball in open field. And I, I really like him there. So. And then the 13th pick, I ended up going with one of my other sleepers from last week, Gabriel Davis. I really like his uh, long-term prospects in Buffalo being the wide receiver too. And then I needed just some running back depth, and I went Javian Hawkins in the 14th. So kind of that hybrid running back wide receiver role, kind of see where he plays out. And with my 15th pick, I went with Atlanta's wide receiver two and Russell Gage. So I really like really liked him this year and just kind of long-term too with Matt Ryan there. So what do you guys uh, think about those five picks? Anybody stand out or anybody you're like, why in the hell did you draft him? Or? I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty happy for you that Russell Gage fell down to round 15, uh, We'll get, I mean, again, we'll get to him on, uh, in, in my draft <laughs> at some point, but at, at the round, fi- at round 15, that's baller to get Russell Gage. I mean, we talked about it. We've talked about him before. He's going to be that, you know, that receiver opposite of Calvin Ridley on likely every play or any play that they don't have, you know, uh, you know, just one receiver on the field. So that's sweet. Yeah, man, I I love all of it. I wish our teams would stop uh, having so much overlap, um, but that'll just make it that much faster when I run through my team. Uh, so yeah, I I love it too. I also could not have gotten Russell Gage in my fifteenth based on just how my mock draft fell. But uh, yeah, good for you on that one. Yeah, yeah, he went fifteen six, so right at right at my pick. Didn't even have to go the uh, two pick lenience I gave myself for area other players that went around him were Latavius Murray Elijah Mitchell Matt Ryan and Dwayne Eskridge so to me it was yeah, a, I, I, it was a no-brainer, a no-brainer there, to so. me yep. Um, yep. so I'll just kind of dive into my last few picks here um, nothing too crazy we talked about one of these guys last week um, not this next guy but my I needed some running back depth especially with I know Najee's going to be starting from week one Javante, he should be starting week one, but in case he doesn't, and in case Trey Sermon doesn't start right away, I wanted some depth, and then I just grabbed Tevin Coleman. He was going there, and I know he's going to be getting some playing time. He's pretty washed up, but he knows that offense the best with um, Robert Sala coming over and uh, LaFleur coming over from San Francisco. So I just plugged him into my lineup. He's somebody I might be able to flex if I need to week one first couple weeks and then um, he's going to be somebody that I'll look to cut and grab somebody else off the waiver wire with my uh, next couple picks I hedged my tight end bet of Cole Komet and I went with Gerald Everett Rick's boy from last week sleeper pick Um, (laughs) I think he's going to be just fantastic this year so he he went in my 17th round and I think that's going to be nuts but with Dynasty it's understandable so he doesn't have a ton of years left but I get definitely plug him in for the next couple of years and feel confident with that and then also with another guy change of scenery uh jared cook coming over from new orleans over to the los angeles chargers going into that justin herbert offense i really like jared cook there 
and then solid val- solid valley on both those tight ends. Yeah, seventeenth, eighteenth uh, round of the draft. That's, so that's that's solid. Yeah. Then the last four guys, I'll just throw out their names. I went uh, some more running back depth here. Three out of the next four running backs went uh, Jamar Jefferson. We had uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling went in my twentieth round, which he could get some work if Aaron Rodgers is there. And then uh, well, Wayne Gallman action to hedge Trey Sermon and. Uh, Captain America, Chris Evans with my last pick. Not going to lie, not loving the Wayne Gullman pick uh, just because we've seen what he is. And he, but he'll, you know, I guess my biggest beef is he'll end up as probably the third, but the third running back in San Fran. Yeah. And that's Sermon the, and Mostert. the only reason where I went with him was solely because I had Trey Sermon on my team. Just, I figure at some point in time Raheem Mostert's going to get hurt at some point. And anyways, Wayne yeah. Gallman's going to be the next one up with Jeff Wilson Jr. out. So at least if something happens with Sermon, I've at least got somebody in the San Francisco backfield. So. Yeah, I, I like it. I've got more overlap out of those picks, so hey. <laughs> uh, we can get more on those later. But, uh, yeah, I, I totes agree with those late-round picks. Um, I understand the Gallman choice. I did something similar with uh you know picking the backup to one of my own running backs because at that point in the draft there's only so much you can do with your picks and it's either that you're going to pick a guy who's going to sit on your bench and wait until they explode or they're going to sit on your bench and wait until the guy in front of them gets hurt and if that guy in front of them who gets hurt is on your own fantasy team it really helps to have that guy sitting there ready to go so I, I get that for sure. Yep. Yeah, so, By the way, I do dig that Tevin Coleman pick, especially yes. for early on in the year, uh, given, big, especially big given team. how young your roster is. Yeah. I mean, I would expect Tevin's probably going to be getting the ball, you know, weeks, weeks, you know, maybe one through six where he's going to be the feature back at least, unless he just shows that he's trash. But, you know, Robert Sella and probably more importantly, uh, is it, is Mike, it Mike LaFleur? Michael LaFleur. Yeah. And so cram it up your cram hole LeFleur. over <laughs> LeFleur. Uh he'll bring over that same, you know, kind of zone run scheme that they run in San Fran, assuming that they're gonna do that in in New York. So like you said, Tevin's gonna know what that offense or you know, what he needs to do on offense there. Yeah, and like I said, if I would have went with more um I guess veteran running backs studs early on, Tevin Coleman probably would have been completely off my draft board, but like I said, it with Williams and Sermon there. I just didn't know if they'd nothing's be starting. Yes, one, nothing's guaranteed so. the first couple of weeks, so I figured I could put Coleman in worst-case scenario, get a couple catches or get maybe a touchdown here and there and just kind of wait until it gets going and then cut him and find somebody else off the waiver. So exactly. My team, um, just to, before I throw it over to the next person, uh, court, I ended up with two QBs, nine wide receivers, eight running backs, three tight ends, so pretty – pretty balanced team pretty happy with all the picks so like i said the only one i was questionable with in there was joe burrow in the eight spot but i really 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 like the prospects of trevor lawrence and joe burrow and not ever having to worry about the quarterback position again all right so before we move on to the next team i just want to double check joe where did you draft from i took the one number one overall pick Okay, so so if you're from the one pick, we'll sa- we'll save you for the end because you're going to be more different than Josh and I here. Uh, un- uh, for better or worse, I also drafted from the sixth spot. Josh, uh, we had we spot. had similar thoughts going on here. Um, 
my initial so the reason you guys both picked that i mean josh you did say that you just don't like being at the ends because of that like long delay rick is there like did you just figure hey let me throw myself into the middle of a round and see how it shakes out or do you want is there a reason that you want a spot in the middle of each round for me, there were priorities, and after I kind of effed around with one draft, I saw how things fell a little bit so that I could then assess where my priorities lie. So for me, the number one priority in every mock draft that I did was that I had to leave with Kyle Pitts or else it was a failure and I had to restart. Um, and then my second priority was if I, can, if I can get Jonathan Taylor and Kyle Pitts together, then I will be pretty happy with Probably how this draft like starts boner central right there. yeah yeah so so that is exactly what happened for me i'll just jump into my first three picks so at the sixth pick uh justin jefferson actually went at five interestingly enough oh. so i took J- jonathan taylor at six i was pumped about that i wanted to start with a running back because in the drafts where i experimented with a wide receiver heavy start i just really hated myself by round seven when the running backs were really bad so uh jonathan taylor to start I think I lucked out in the second round at the 207. I got DK Metcalf and then wow. uh, Kyle Pitts in the third. I reached a little bit, but not a lot for him. Um, so I, I personally was absolutely thrilled with my first three picks. What uh, you guys got any thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, I say that's a reach for Pitts, but like you said, you wanted him, you needed him. And so sometimes you got to reach for those types of guys. And yeah. Pitts is one that's worth reaching for. I mean, like like I mentioned before, position, you know, you've got that tight end position, which if you're split between two guys, I generally would lean, you know, if you're split between a tight end and a wide receiver, I'm going to lean tight end. So, and if, you know, I think he's going to be a boss. So, yeah, I've got no issues with the reach, but I do agree it was a bit of one. Uh, see, I don't think it was that much of a reach because most of the mocks that I did, he was going at like the anywhere from the three nine to the three eleven spot, and at the three six, it's only three picks, three to four picks. So I I don't think it was that much of a reach, especially for somebody that could be such a dynamic player in the league and potentially set a ton of tight end records down the road. I'm just more surprised that DK made it back around to you at the two. What would that be two seven seven? So that two oh seven two oh seven. That's could so that you falls as the nineteenth overall pick. But still, for dynasty, I mean, what? Oh, I'm I, just, I know. I'm saying. I'm saying that's crazy. Can you to read? Me. I'm just very curious. On can yeah, you yeah. tell like a couple of the players that went around where he was, and then also some of the wide receivers that went in front of him too. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the I, I'll just read the guys before him since that's kind of the more appealing part here. Um, so, so tracing back from DK was Najee, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Jones, AJ Brown, Zeke, J.K. Dobbins, and then the yeah, first I mean, round I, receivers I go, were. I'm going yeah. DK over Zeke. I'm out on Zeke. But I'm out on Zeke, and you said Dobbins went in there too. Dobbins went wow, at the 201. That's insane. I, I mean, I also thought that. I mean, I would yeah. take him late second third maybe but i mean he wasn't even on my right. dream team and he wouldn't have even been considered just with how their offensive construction is but yeah no that's that's awesome jt dk pitts man be cream in my shorts if my dynasty team started <laughs> off <like that. laughs> yeah yeah for sure and the reason that that you know pitts i had to do it and i had to do it the way that i did was that i tried going to the end of the draft and then getting pitts right where he belongs and i just hated the way it was turning out so that's why I went back to the sixth spot, start with J. Tay, and then get Pitts in the third, reach a little bit, 
and then it worked out okay in the fourth that I was still happy enough with it. Um, which in my case, same as you, Josh, Javante Williams is who I got in the fourth. Um, I have nothing to add on what we said before, besides that he was the reincarnate of Le'Veon Bell. And that is a good thing for me to imagine. So, uh, yeah, pumped about getting him in the fourth. Uh, then we got, uh, fifth round T Higgins, uh, as I was texting you guys about the other day, just did, did a little film research on, on T cause I needed to, you know, get up to speed on what he, what he did last year, what his prospects are. And I liked what I saw on film. He is definitely talented. He's playing with Joe Burrow and now he's going to have Jamar Chase on the other side of the field. Who's going to draw the top corner instead of T. So as far as I'm concerned, T's got a, got a good future that's, as a steady wide receiver. And that's the only reason I did not go Higgins in the fifth is because I had drafted Chase in the third, and I didn't right. want to take two Bengals wide receivers in the first five picks of my dynasty. Otherwise, no, I, I love the Higgins pick. Yep, yep, that makes total sense. Uh, and then pick six was the most obvious Rick pick ever, which was Cortland Sutton. I was not going to let him go. I drafted him in every single mock that I attempted uh, it was Pitts, and then it was him. There was no way I was going to leave a draft without those two. That's as yeah, as obvious as it can get. Yep, you'd have liked my draft uh, then, where he was available in the seventh round. Yeah, I was <laughs> pissed to hear that because I <laughs> apparently reached in the sixth to get him, but I was not going to you know risk it. Uh, but it worked out okay because then in round seven I got Trey Sermon uh, to pair with Javante Williams and Jonathan Taylor. So that's two rookies out of three at the running back position, which is fine by me because this is a dynasty league and I don't necessarily need my running backs to be at their prime immediately. When I draft, I want them to be at their prime in like three years from now. And I think that all of those guys will be in the middle of their prime in about three years ago, uh, three years from now. So I am perfectly happy starting with that group even if the uh, actual number of snaps that they get out the gate is not as good as it would be if I was drafting veterans instead. But that's not, that's the point of dynasty, right? Right. Absolutely. Right. Build your team, building your team for the next 10 years. So give yourself a chance this year, but really plan on winning three years, two years from now. Um, so then uh, after Trey Sermon, I went uh, in the eighth round, I was, I was uh, extremely torn between two receivers that I love, both of them. Um, and I ended up deciding to go with LaVisca Chenault over Michael Pittman. Uh, Josh, what, what, is, what are your thoughts on those two sitting in the eighth round? I, I was thrilled that they were both around. I, I would have went exactly the route that you went. I was torn between Joe Burrow and Chenault, and ultimately I just I wanted that stack like I had talked about previously. But no, I LaVisca Chenault looks like he's going to be the real deal. Curious to see with just a whole new offensive system. You got Trevor Lawrence coming in, just kind of seeing the rapport if they're able to build one and just kind of see what that offense looks like. But I'm, everything out of the Jacksonville camp is in the positive direction with LaVisca. So, no, I absolutely love that pick. Yeah, I I was just so between the two and obviously loving both of them. Michael Pittman with Carson Wentz, there's a chance that that becomes like a, like a real connection, both as a second-year wide receiver and Carson Wentz coming to a team that has a decent offensive line and some good weapons around him, but ultimately went with uh, LaVisca instead. Jell, uh, you got any thoughts between those two? Yeah, I, I I think Pittman is the more traditional like wide receiver, and 
Wentz is going to be going back to, obviously, him and Indy. Indy's got one of the strongest offensive lines in the league. Back when he flourished, back in 2018, when he was in those MVP talks, that was when the Eagles had a really strong offensive line. I mean, Lane Johnson was arguably one of the best tackles in the league. He's going to get, and, and uh, you know, he was surrounded by four other star, four other really strong offensive linemen. He's now going to Indy, where he's got arguably the best right guard, or arguably the best guard in NFL in the NFL with Quentin Nelson. So I could see Wentz having a sweet year, and that would result in Pittman having a sweet year. So I personally would have probably gone Pittman over Chenault, but I could see the argument both ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This was this was a that's, 50, I, that's, 50 that's toss a, that's up. A, I was gonna say that's a toss up for me too. Yeah. So. I'm perfectly happy with my uh, real-life dynasty team having Pittman. Thrilled about it. Uh, in this case, I like Chenault. I went Chenault. Um, jumping into the next couple rounds here. Uh, still don't have a quarterback, so in round nine was my last resort quarterback of Justin Fields. I was not yeah. willing to have my QB1 be any worse than Both Justin Fields. Both of your Fields. boys. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped to start a dynasty team with Justin Fields. Um, but my, you know, favorite quarterbacks to pick would have been guys like Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. And they were both a little too steep priced for me in a dynasty. I would rather spend my early draft capital on the, the other skill players, wide receivers, uh, running backs and wait on QB and figure that out later. And, so and that's obviously what... considering, considering the draft position where you would have to go get a Kyler or a Herbert. Right. If you can wait till round nine and you are and you feel confident in fields, then that's then no issues. Yeah, and yeah. Just for like those that are in dynasty formats in a full startup dynasty, I think it's better to take a quarterback a little bit later on. I know I had taken one in the sixth round. However, most traditional dynasty leagues you have your rookie draft and if you're not in a super flex you're going to be able to grab a quarterback in the first like eight picks or so. So you've always have that shot every year to grab a quarterback if yours just aren't panning out. So I, I like the weight, weight in this particular situation, Rick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my thought for sure. I, guys come out every year that are going to turn into the next franchise players. I just have a little faith that Justin Fields is going to be one of those. Um, after Justin Fields in the 10th and 11th, I went back-to-back running backs because it, to this point, I only have three in J.T., Javante, and Trey Sermon. So now I'm going to load up a little bit more with Tony Pollard and Chuba Hubbard. The mentality there is that while my first three probably will get plenty of playing time and I spent a lot of draft capital on other positions to sure up the rest of my starting roster, I wanted to grab a couple guys who are not only, you know, going to get some touches on their own and can be plugged in if they have to be, but more importantly, will get a huge workload the moment somebody gets hurt. And not that I, we ever, you know, want anyone to get hurt, uh, besides maybe like Antonio Brown or something. You're bored. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I thought that Pollard and Chuba Hubbard were good uh, plug-in guys as my running back four and five because, you know, who knows what Zeke's future, you know, long-term is. He seems like he's tailing off a little bit. At least he was last year. We'll find out what it is this year. And then McCaffrey, 
one thing is clear is that Super Bowl winning teams don't pay a lot of money to their running backs. So at what point are the Panthers going to cut ties with paying a shitload of money to a running back and instead go with the guy on a rookie contract? I'd like to think it's sooner rather than later, but we'll see as time goes by. But uh, that was the mindset on those two. Any uh, objections or thoughts there? No, and with Hubbard, I mean, take it what you will, but there's rumors coming out of Carolina before all of Deshaun Watson's issues. <laughs> we won't get into those, but they were talking about there's rumors that they He's were willing to those. flip McCaffrey in a trade for him. So, I mean, it. It definitely yeah. says that they're willing to do it. I mean, he's a huge part of their offense, and if he's not there or if he gets hurt, Hubbard should step right into that role. I mean, we saw Mike Davis, who isn't anything really special athletically. I mean, he's he's solid, but, I mean, you saw him step into that role and have great success, la- success last year in Carolina. Success. Oh, oh, so oh there, Josh. yeah. You know it. Yeah, baby, going to have some success in my honeymoon coming up here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's I I like those picks, some depth pieces that especially Pollard. I mean, he's got to only have what one, two years left on his deal in Dallas. So there's a chance that he could end up even going to another team and being their RB1. So I I like those picks. And I really like the living in Dallas. I see living in Dallas. I see basically every Cowboys game. And from what I've watched, from what I've watched last year, Pollard, granted, he wasn't the workhorse, so it's not like you really, you know, it's not like he was dealing with the same fatigue factor that Zeke was, but Pollard looked like the more explosive back whenever he got the ball in his hands over Zeke. I expect that workload to just only increase as Zeke gets older, continues to slow down which he has already shown sl- signs of slowing down. I I I love the I love the Pollard pick. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, Zeke's in that same boat of he got paid a lot and Super Bowl winning teams don't pay their running backs and as much as I want to, you know, be on the side of the running backs, you know, it, the trends are the trends and they work out for a reason. Yeah, speaking So they ha- the, the the Cowboys are paying Dak Zeke Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Smith, all crazy money, like top, money. top two, top three for their position. Would you say that any of them are really like a top six player at their position anymore? I, I Dak just, is maybe there. You yeah, could maybe. argue borderline. Dak, I would say like number is, six. But you could... I think that's arguable, but... I, it is. But my point being exactly what you were just touching on with, you know signing all these free agent or these mega deals to guys that I mean Dak's the only contract Dak his contract is brand spanking new and he, at least he's young but ever since they signed those other guys to these bigger contracts their production has fallen off so yeah I mean yep. be that as it may yeah. well, yep. speaking to get a roster, you know speaking of cowboys I guess I didn't get my point in early enough with this <laughs> I didn't bring this up but I can't believe Zeke went as early in your projections too, or where he's going in dynasty. Considering what do yeah. you think, two years max left, and to have him go in the first, early second, like that's that's insane. Yeah, two oh two for me. I personally would have been more towards the end of the second, or maybe the start of the third. Yeah. I don't know. I like to plan for the long term in dynasty, Absolutely. not the immediate. Um, moving on though, twelfth uh, round, Ryan Tannehill is going to be my. Uh, week one starter because I can't 
can't believe Matt Nagy is going to let Justin Herbert do it. So uh, I have Justin to Fields. I have to uh, plug in Justin Ryan Tannehill Fields. as a, oh yeah sorry I yeah <laughs> said that wrong uh, have to plug in Ryan Tannehill as my first few weeks starter until Justin Fields actually gets in um, dynasty wise. Obviously Justin Hills uh, Justin Fields is the guy. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, the rums rums kicking in. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tannehill's been really good the last few years, uh, like quietly good. And good for fantasy too. So happy to have him in the twelfth. Uh, Josh, I matched you in the thirteenth with Gabe Davis. Yeah, buddy. Perfectly, perfectly happy to get that. Uh, you know, probably like a steady seven touchdowns this year, and he's just going to increase his yardage a bit. Um, and then round fourteen, Diami Brown. Uh, good things coming out of camp for him. Uh, deserved better draft capital than he got, and he he got pretty good draft capital in the third round anyway. Uh, so I'm I'm. Very happy to get Deami Brown in the Dynasty League in the 14th. And then uh, I'll, I'll spit out one more here in the 15th. I went Marlon Mack because I have Jonathan Taylor. So that way, you know, given given the absolute shitty landscape of running backs in the 15th round of a Dynasty League, what I really wanted was someone who, if one of my starters went down, was going to benefit from it, which is Marlon Mack. So I'm surprised Marlon Mack didn't end up going in the second or third round of all of our drafts, the way that some of these people talk about him on Sleeper. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a, such a strange obsession for him. But yeah. I I think seven touchdowns for, for Gabe Davis is maybe a little optimistic. I'd say maybe in that like four or five, probably. I mean, five. he, did he had already. seven last year. I just, I, he's still got, you know, there's still digs out there. Cole Beasley's still there, assuming that he doesn't, well. And Gabe Davis is still there. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Gabe Davis, I mean, but, I mean, I think right now that's his ceiling is seven, but I expect those yeah. yards to go up a ton. I mean, he had that's, south that's of true. 600 yards last year, and I think he's looking at the eight, nine, maybe crack a thousand, depending on Josh Allen's year, and depending on, I guess, what, role Emmanuel Sanders has but no I I like Gabe Davis there and Marlon Mack makes sense too with the JT pick so I I no arguments with any of those picks yeah I mean I I the only thing I had to say on Davis not, not I'm not saying that the 13th round was the bad spot for either of you guys to take him I just think seven touchdowns feels a little optimistic to me that's a, almost I, every I think other optimistic game, is fair which is which is possible there's that extra I, game this year though Joe maybe he gets really, eight I, I'm just saying that that that's where okay. I sit. Possibly. But if he if he proves no, it, if he fair. can prove it to me, okay. And again, I I would have thirteenth round is fine. I just I would I would more I would more think more yards, less touchdowns, where he's gonna get you know balance out those points. That's fair, sure. Yeah, I I do agree. Right, There's probably got? a balance coming. Uh, I I got uh, in round sixteen. Uh, and apparently I just reached around, oh, oh gosh, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, Josh, uh, you, <laughs> I prefer the wrap around Eric. Okay. Uh, so if I remember right, you Still got, thinking about Ger- the honeymoon. you got Gerald Everett in the uh, 17th. Is that right? I believe so. Let me vet that. I took him yes, in the 16th. 17th round. Okay. I was not willing to let him pass as my backup tight end to Kyle Pitts. Um, and then uh, round, I, I'll just pond out the last four here. Uh, I'm down with through, a reach around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, round 17, I went with uh, Larry Roundtree in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, Josh Kelly has not really proven a lot, and 
Austin Eckler was hurt last year. Not to say that Roundtree's going to start or anything like that, but he's closer to actual playing time than a lot of these running backs in this part of the draft. Uh, round 18, Alan Lazard, for obvious reasons. Very nice. Being the, being the Packers' number two, assuming that Aaron Rodgers comes back, this is a huge value to get Alan Lazard in the 18th. Um, then uh, in 19th, we got Chris Evans, Mr. Captain America, who Josh also took. Uh, I, I love the... Uh, you know, I, I don't love the injury history of Joe Mixon, but it could lead to better things for Chris Evans along the way. Uh, so I, I'm happy to have him. And at worst case, he ends up as a Gio Bernard type player, which is still useful to a degree. Uh, and then Especially my given last this is PPR. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. and my my last pick, uh, I went with Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson, who is currently on Kansas City. Um, there, there's a shot that he is the wide receiver two in Kansas city for Patrick Mahomes. And that is too, uh, exciting of a prospect for me, not to roster Cornell Powell. I don't really think that McCole Hardman is going to be the guy that, you know, leads the way for the next few years at the wide receiver two spot. I think we've seen enough to know that he's just not going to make all the right decisions to get there. And I have a little bit of faith that Cornell Powell can do it. Patrick Mahomes has said some great things about him so far in camp, so I'm willing to throw throw those dice and see what happens. That's worth that's worth throwing yeah. a flyer. No, because like you no touched question. on that, McCole Hardman. I mean, he's he's been there for two years and he's just a what bomb touchdown. That's pretty much what you're going to get out of him. It's not any yardage. It's not PPR. It's just you got a couple catches and maybe he gets a long touchdown. And, and so I, I like gets, that. You hope he gets a 60, 70 yard yeah, touchdown no, somewhere. That's, that's what you're it. plugging him in for yep. is just that bomb play. But no, love that. Love the Evans pick. Lazard going that late. If Rodgers is there, that's a steal. And I, I would expect... Get, that's sweet getting Lazard to fall that far. Yeah, that I would that ex- had to be an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, I would expect Lazard if we get news that Aaron Rodgers is back for sure that Lazard will move up the draft board a little bit, but right now, yeah, absolutely take advantage of that. That late. Yeah. yeah. No, love yep. it. So what do you have it tallied up? What, uh, what you're sitting yeah. at roster wise. Yeah. So I, I know you and I drafted slightly different numbers just cause you know, deep benches and stuff. Uh, I went with two QBs, eight running backs, eight wide receivers, two tight ends. Okay. So very, very balanced as well. So. Yes. Awesome. So I'm jealous of shaking his head. That's the exact same roster construction as mine. (laughs) Oh, good. All right. Well, Well, you drafted from a different spot, so you should be wildly different. I'm so curious to see what your draft board looked like, Ellis. So jump right into that. I'm I'm actually curious to see who you ended up going with with the first pick. I am shocked with how well my team shook out, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I I had to go McCaffrey number one. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I I think he's you know obviously two strange injuries last year, but that's gonna render him having really fresh legs. I like the prospects or the thought of you know him with Darnold, and you know again I think in you know a a plus over Teddy. Not that he got to work with Teddy that much, uh, but still still a plus there. The talent is undeniable. They use him in the running game, in the passing game, out wide, in the slot, bubble screens, all anywhere that he possibly could be used, he is used. They did just give him that massive deal, which makes me think, okay, they're going to keep using him as much as they possibly can. So I, I had to go him number one. 
Uh, yeah, that sounds fine to me. Who'd you pick it to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> going back down to uh, you know round two, had to go with had to go with the guy that uh, Josh picked, Najee. In that oh, round nice pick. fall! That's oh, a great wow. value. Got him That's at, great at, value at there. Two twelve. Wow, Najee fell to me. So. Man, no. I didn't even have a chance at the two oh seven. Ding! Yeah, that's insane. No, Ellis, um, kind of backtracking here. What? And by the you... way, so so Dobbins went ahead of ahead of Najee. Patrick okay. Mahomes went ahead of Najee. There were some goofy. There were some goofy picks. Yeah, I mean, this, I could see if somebody wanted to get set with quarterback. I mean, Mahomes. I mean, you've got. You can ride him off into the sunset too. And you're going gonna to have him for it. the next yeah. decade, so I get now, that. But um, question I had for you, Ellis, I got sidetracked there. Now, knowing that you had the one pick in the draft going CMC, did you have some sort of strategy you were expecting to go about your dynasty dream team, or did it kind of fall into place, or kind of what? It what fell were into you place thinking? better than I was expecting it okay. to, honestly. Uh, I, I was not expecting to be able to get Najee in the yeah, second. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, I, I, I was hoping I could get, uh, you know, a running back. I thought maybe it would be, you know, I or I basically was kind of thinking, okay, I have my set RB1, and I'll just take best player available in round two. And for me, especially given that it's Dynasty, there was no question that Najee was, was best player available. Yeah. So after totally that, agree. I got another what I think is a pleasant surprise. Got Michael Thomas in round for my for three oh at three oh one. I know that it's kind of a crapshoot at quarterback. If it's Taysom Hill, that's going to hurt MT. Mm-hmm. But if it's Jameis, I think he's in for you know maybe not the same season that he had with Breeze because that was just insane. But Winston, obviously, they're going to have Winston back there. They're going to have him. He's going to throw the ball. And hopefully Thomas can actually stay healthy, get away from that ankle injury that, that you know, bothered him all last year, and produce. Other guys that, that I was debating, basically, between him and George Kittle, Kittle went in the next round. The reason I stayed away from him was because in the fourth, Kyle Pitts. What? Kyle Pitts in the fourth. How in the that doesn't heck seem did he possible. came back to me, and then and then right after him I got Jamar Chase. I don't. Uh, that also so, doesn't add up. Wow. I've got my that's I've got my two backs, two receivers, and my tight end. I don't know how this happened. But were you this, set I'm, on I'm Dynasty? I'm set on Dynasty. He was doing a six-team draft. <laughs> no, right? it was 12-team. I, I can send the screenshot. Oh it was a 12-team deal. I don't know how this happened, but let me, for, let me my just... fir- for the first five picks, for them to shake out CMC, Najee, MT, Pitts, and Chase. That's insane. I, I well, can't, I can't yeah, ask I, for anything more. I would agree it's insane, and the fact that Michael Thomas is the worst of those five yeah, <laughs> and like looking at the actual, you know, where these players fell in at least in mine was uh, Michael Thomas was at the four oh two, and both Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts were in the middle third of the round. third. That's so I do not too. understand. I I I think that you you know are are rocking a six team draft over there. That's <laughs> some sort of goofy simulation. It it doesn't stay this pretty for the okay. rest of the All draft. Right. No, Good. but that's. But- on, I, for the first five picks, I don't know that you could have done insane. much better. No, I mean that. No, 
is Nor do I have faith that a real draft would land like no, that. That's, no, this I is don't a think so. I, would, I wouldn't count but on it. You know what? Again, it did. Hey, so what we're saying, hey, we're saying dream team, right? And also, so, yep. and just, Homer just Leagues. It so happens that this is how my dream team landed, which is exactly right. how I would have absolutely drawn it up. Yep. Homer Leagues are not always smart. Correct. And this is how you take advantage of them. So let's just assume that Jealous was drafting with some people who really love their home team players and don't focus super close on fantasy details. So close. Closer. <laughs> uh, moving on to, so after, you know, now that I'm done bragging about my first five rounds. Who's pick to, six, uh, Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor actually went sixth in the first round. That makes sense there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on to my sixth round pick, a guy that we have all decided to roster, of course, Cortland Sutton. Yes. He seems to be the dead arm sports, like, player of the year. Just, he is the face of our like, own face franchise. face of dead arm sports right now yeah. is Cortland Sutton. Yeah, if, he's if got he a good ever, face. If Handsome he ever uh, feels the need to join the show, he is more than welcome on. Yeah. We would love to have Cortland as our first guest. So uh, I, I, we don't need to dive too much into him. Uh, nope. Seventh round, and we actually talked. We touched on him last week for a little bit uh, in our bust sleeper, uh, bust sleeper episode. I'm a fan of Chase Claypool. I think he is the. I think he's the best receiver in that. You know, for the Steelers, he may not be getting the greatest amount of targets but he's still there he's going to be their function as their wide receiver one that's worthy that's very worthy of a seventh round pick in my opinion uh some other guys that went around him and also this is this was kind of why Jav- i was actually kind of hoping javante would fall to him he went shoot nope that was the round before well Either way, people that went after him were Miles Gaskin, Noah Fant, Deontay Johnson. I thought, in my mind, given that I already have Pitts, I'm not big on Miles Gaskin and Deontay Johnson, as I touched on in last week's episode. Not a fan of him, so Claypool was a no-brainer for me in that seven in that seventh round. Speaking of our argument from last week, Ellis, would you like to do a warm beer chug bet on fantasy points at the end of the season versus Juju and Deontay? putting you on the spot let's fucking go all right let's Damn do right. it assuming juju's mine yeah of course yeah, yeah. let's fucking go all right about, let's do it what do you think about i mean so i mean i guess i'll do it for the fun of it i he's gonna try to work claypool into this yeah i, I was i what, what about claypool instead of juju no because you were hard on juju last well, week I was harder than juju on deontay no, that's what I'm saying. You had Deontay as a bust last week, and I had Juju as a bust. So it's, that's what let's we're doing. Let's fucking go. Let's right. fucking go then. Lock it in. Lock it in. Cha-ching. Um, other thing, just senior roster construction right now. I absolutely love it. No quarrels at all, um, qualms. But um, very curious on what your running back room is going to look like now because you went running back with the first two picks. So I'm very intrigued by the remainder of your draft. Guess what's happening in round eight? Uh, I was hoping you're going to say a running back, but just... It's another tight end. (laughs) (laughs) Trey Sermon. Okay. What what the fuck is going... Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Let me stop you quick here. All right. In mine, Chase Claypool went at the 5'10", 
which is a round and a half yeah. earlier than yours, along with in the sixth round, early sixth, was Noah Fant and Deontay Johnson, who you both said went around Chase Claypool. And now you say Trey Sermon, who Josh and I both took in the mid-seventh, and you got him in, in the 8-12? I, I got him at 8-12, yeah. This is horse shit. You, you're... You lick someone's butthole for this. I'm, I mean, dream team, okay? Yeah. Well, you're dreaming big yeah, time. Wait I can, the I fuck can, like, up. I mean, like I said, I can send you these screenshots. It's it's legit. Send me the screenshots of the draft settings yeah, as well. Post them on our social media sites, too, so all of our yes. listeners Hashtag can see DAS, at Dead Arm Sports, on, on Instagram and Twitter. If you're going to plug that right now, you have to post a screenshot of your draft on okay. there just as a reference point. I will. All right. All right. Continue. Uh, okay. So that's my eight. And then ninth round had to go with another Trey, another Niner, Trey Lance. I am not planning on using him right away. He's not going to be starting day one, but for dynasty purposes, I love him from basically like week 10 of this year through the rest of his career. Nice. I like it. Um, Rick, let's play a fun game right now. You and I are gonna guess Ellis's starting quarterbacks for the first first couple weeks. Who do you who do you think he's got coming up? Wait, because he's got he drafted Trey Sermon, so using, he's got to use one of his next couple picks on a quarterback that he's gonna start right away. Oh, oh, I so got who you. Do you okay. Who do you think? Is he, well, think he's gonna go with your boy Tanny. I think he's gonna go with. I mean, I think he should go with Tanny, but I bet he's going to go with Tim Brady. That's who I, I was leaning with, the plant man. Big Tim. Big Tim. Big Tim Big Brady. Big time Tammy Jim. Big time Mr. Tammy Jim. Mr. Kale himself, but let's let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> let's find out. Round 10, pleasant surprise for me, and I know Josh is not so hard on him, but Mike Davis got him in the 10th, in the 10th round. Again, just some additional running back depth. He then just falls into my running back four spot which is i which is i think that's a very solid fourth running back yeah and i and just to confirm this is at the 10 12 correct yeah it would be this is fucking horse shit he went at the 9 1 in mine damn but no i this is yeah this is at 10 12 i think davis is going to be a bust but like i had mentioned i think they're going to bring somebody in that i mentioned last week i think they'll just end up bringing somebody in davis will get phased out but i with pairing him with sermon i think you can overlap those two where it'll give sermon some time to take over that starting role so for your sake i i don't mind the davis pick there but yeah Yeah, that's bullshit he went that late (laughs) (laughs) to fuck man next round uh this is my 11 on one guy that i'm have been harsh on in the past, but I think is going to be able to provide me with some ace and wide receiver depth and definitely plenty of upside. Rondale Moore. Uh, yeah. He fell, yeah. You know, sweet. He's, I mean, the, the ball skills are there. My biggest concern has always been his size, but his athleticism and his ball skills are elite. And, you know, I... As much as I think Cliff Kingsbury sucks at winning football games, he'll probably know how to get a guy with Rondale Moore's, uh, you know, with his skill set involved in the in the passing game, the running game, and special teams, kind of whatever way they need to. So I got him at 11. Coming back, swinging back around uh, at the 12-12 pick. 
I got a guy that I I know Rick Tick. I don't know if you took him too, Josh, but Chuba. Nope, I did not. Especially especially given that I've got McCaffrey, of course, as my first overall pick. Gotta have that handcuff. Uh I I don't the only role that I really see him in is is that handcuff role in case McCaffrey does go down, but it's a, uh, you know, had to get him there. There that was that was a pretty easy pick for me. 13-1, guy again that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, multiple times just throughout multiple episodes. Russell Gage, he yeah. was one of my hard guys from uh the episode 2 weeks ago. So I'll I I had to get him in there. Yeah. And and I'll take Love him it. in the 13th round, no question. We've touched on so many of these guys already, so there isn't too much more to... Well, naturally, we're going to draft like, all the guys we like. Too much more to say. Um, for, uh, this is my 14-12 pick on its on the, the, the wraparound, or the reach-around, as, as Rick, uh, Dirty Rick, appropriately nicknamed, <laughs> likes, to, uh, likes to call it. Uh, Amari Rogers, going to be a okay. sweet slot guy. You know, I'm, I'm hoping... You know, as a Packer fan, he ends up in that Randall Cobb role. Well, he's going to be the only Rodgers on the team. We'll fucking see about <laughs> that. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. While since uh, Aaron is, you know, having a sweet ass time out in Hawaii or wherever the hell he is, that that Jordan Love and Amari are getting some, well, you some guys, sweet reps together. You guys some saw him loving. in the uh, good old golf good. match this last week. That was pretty sweet to watch him and uh, him. Him and, him uh, and Tom and Phil and, and DeShambo. Bryson DeShambo. <laughs> he, he, that asshole, he, Kansas Caddy, or, or I guess it was a mutual separation. Yeah, a couple weeks but back. My favorite but... part of that was Brooks coming out and, and just and just roasting just him on Twitter. Saying, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was great. That was, God, I, Brooks is, Brooks is winning this, uh, this battle. Yes, he I think, is. I think pretty much everybody can agree that. Bryson is a douche, and Brooks is also a douche, but he's being a he's being a like actually like humorous douche. Yeah. Where Bryson's just being a dickhead. The only thing I can yeah, say right. is that it's almost like Brooks is just like constantly refreshing his Twitter just to see if there's any sort of Deshambo <laughs> news because it's almost like immediate every single time where it's like, really, dude. He like, is very fast. Yeah, he clearly cares about yeah, this. Yeah, it's in his head more than he plays off. So, well, the the PGA did come out, and I think that this has a huge part in like playing into all of this is when the pga came out and said they were gonna they had a pool of money to pay you know each golfer you know the top however many golfers based on their q score and that's and that is based off of like twitter mentions and google searches and you know you know I, i don't know the entire metrics behind it but Brooks is going to end up winning that pool. Yeah, no. he's going he's to end up winning most of that money. <laughs> Absolutely, unless, unless they can still give it. Unless Tiger is still eligible, <laughs> right? No, absolutely. Maybe Phil. Phil probably will end up finishing up there. I, but I bet it's probably Phil, Brooks, and Bryson at, as the those top three earners. Oh yeah, but, and uh, hashtag not a golf podcast. What's your fifteenth pick, L? <laughs> <laughs> Great hashtag. I'm sure that'll catch on. Hashtag not yeah maybe not a PGA, maybe yeah, eventually not a PGA I'd, pod. I'd love to talk some golf but this is uh we'll get into your fifteen pick here Joe this is where I went with my my week one starting QB right. Derek Carr ooh okay ooh yeah. interesting yep. he, okay yeah. all right I don't I don't I mind mean, it he, the the other guys that were there around him that were available for QBs were Daniel Jones Zach Wilson for me given that. I'm only going to use him. 
ideally for the first half of this year or so. Derek Carr's Der- going to put up steady numbers, and if he and if through week four he sucks, hopefully there's a somebody on waivers that I can pick up. Um, Derek Carr's first, uh, you know what? Let's just call it five matchups: are Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Chargers, Bears. You feel good about those defenses? <laughs> I know you guys listening can't see my face, but <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thankfully, not the he was best a schedule. Rounder. It was yeah. kind of a look that somebody would get when they draft two quarterbacks, and then after the draft, find out they have the same bye week. That's kind of that's the, the same, same look. That same we got. look for because the listeners. The same concept happened. Yeah, because both Derek Carr and. Trey Lance are on by for the first five weeks, as far as we're all concerned. As far as yeah, in terms of matchups, well, so not not the most, uh, I guess not the most pleasant of matchups. But it's not like I was gonna take Big Ben or you know any some of these other guys. I that's fair. Fuck, now now in hindsight, Jameis was out there. <laughs> well, whatever. It doesn't matter since now it, since it's the dream team. Yep. I'm gonna uh, change my round 15 pick and go change. <laughs> there you go. All right, all, all right. right. It's Jameis Winston. Change I don't mind that pick. Fly. That's fine. Change it on the fly. Granted, you could have a 15th pick that isn't even starting week one. <laughs> you could well, have okay. Like, no starting quarterback. Week one. You guys. Basically, point being, I needed a QB for the first half of this week, and that's it. Or all right, this all right. season. Sure. Sounds good. Not the first half no, of this we, week. This we first get, half of this we get the direction you're headed, all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we'll let it slide. What you got in 16? Just throw whoever, you know, Derek Carr was the best. I did not look at his schedule. That is frightening. Uh, <laughs> Jealous picked Sam Darnold in the 15th, just to be clear. All right, who'd you pick in 16? Moving on. Uh, 16, a little extra tight end depth. Somebody behind Pitts uh, for Pitts bye week. Although, again, I didn't. I didn't look at the bye week, so I'm hoping this works out schedule-wise. But I had to go with, uh, I had to go with Gronk. I don't know that like, okay. he's for a second for a backup tight end. He's that's that's totally fine. Yeah, um, he he's still puts up t- uh, touchdown numbers. We saw him in the Super Bowl. He way outperformed. I think what anybody would have thought he would have done in that game with with his two scores pretty damn early in the game. Seems like he's still got something in the tank, and obviously Brady and him still have that same rapport that they did in New England. I'm gonna shit on this pick for a second, L. And not that I have anything <laughs> against Gronk, but just you're gonna with, shit on Gronk? No, just shit on the pick where you just okay. went here. Okay. But anyways, um, just with last week's episode, we were all pretty high on Gerald Everett, so I'm sure with this pick, he was probably available there. So what was your yeah, what was your been. thoughts there that you didn't go with Gerald Everett? Just with Everett was having him he was available actually. Okay, um, I'm just curious. On your I don't know. Thoughts, I, so. I, I had Gronk. I had Gronk last year, and I used him quite a bit in the second half of the season. I thought yeah. he would have fallen off by then. You know, I made that. I traded away uh, in our dynasty league. I traded just straight up Odell for Gronk, uh, and you know, trying to make a championship push. And Gronk was serviceable at the end of the year, which was again surprising to me uh but he feels like more of a sure thing than everett and for a for a backup tight end i'd rather have somebody that's gonna that i know isn't gonna give me a goose egg where we don't really know i i mean i'm high on gerald everett all three of us are high on gerald everett but nothing is i guess nothing is guaranteed and for a second tight end that i just i'm gonna leave on my roster for this year probably only this year 
I felt I felt comfortable taking Gronk here. Yeah, I like it. No, absolutely. And I just wanted to give more of the listeners an inside look into what you were thinking at the time too. So absolutely. Moving on, just gonna kinda blast through these last four picks. Uh at in seven at seventeen, I got Gio Bernard thinking, you know, hey, passing game. Brady likes to use his uh his tight ends. We touched on that a little bit in in uh, last week's episode. Or Jesus, running back tight ends. His uh <laughs> yeah. his passing his passing backs. Yeah. Uh you know, I, I think Bernard's gonna get plenty of time on the field and if I have to throw him into a flex spot on bye weeks, that's you know, I at least know I'm gonna get something out of that. Uh at eighteen, Donovan Peoples Jones. Reason I did oh, this Oh goodness. Interesting. Reason I did this. When Odell was out last year, which was most of the year, Peoples-Jones didn't put up, you know, incredible week-to-week fantasy numbers, but he did have quite a few highlight reel catches. Yeah. He was the top he wide receiver sure going out of, coming out of high school, going into Michigan, and so the talent is obviously there. It's just a matter of him getting the ball fed to him on a consistent basis. We don't know what Odell, if he's, is he going to stay healthy this year? Who knows? He hasn't over the last few. I think DP, DPJ can, you know, at least be a contributor, and I'm willing to take a, you know, take a late-round pick on him. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. I You probably could have waited, but at this point, who cares? I'm you can wait on everybody at the end. Right. Yeah, no. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with I it. I agree. I caught a couple Browns games last year that, I mean, because they're never on TV. I mean, started to get a little bit on TV last year because they were decent. But no, I he's got the talent. And I I don't mind that pick at all. Nineteenth round, DJ Dallas, running back depth. If Chris, that's Carson you, goes dude. Down, and I had to go. I had to go with him for for the name for the reason or the DJ Jelly name, Gel from Dallas. DJ Dallas, <laughs> DJ Jelly Gel taking DJ Dallas living in Dallas. That was that was a that was a bit of the reason why I went for it. It's like a must have. You had to draft him. Had to had to jump on it. And then and then last round, uh, again, same thing with you guys, Chris Evans. Yeah. I, all right, so apparently we're a Chris Evans podcast, Chris Evans, Captain Chris America, Evans all the fan, way. Fandom. If he wants to be on the show as well, he's he, you know. I think just to just to either voice either like Chris a, Evans, like a, it's fine. And, yeah, well, right, <laughs> uh, but like it, like seriously though, it's okay to roster Chris Evans because the Bengals have Joe Mixon who gets hurt every single year. They have Samaj P. Ryan who has been in the league for I don't know like four years and has never been before Joe Mixon relevant yeah before Joe Mixon and now they have rookie pass catcher great hands Chris Evans who is taking the role of Gio Bernard straight up Gio Bernard got plenty of work last year he's a guy that should be on rosters especially in dynasty leagues it's and not one, even one, one close. of the uh, yeah. one of the offensive coaches for the Bengals did say that Chris Evans has one of the smoothest you know he's one of the smoothest route running smoothest catching backs he's ever that he's ever coached before so that's going to be his role and that's yeah. use that's useful especially in PPR yeah his his college you know story is a little different than the normal player because he had a, a academic misconduct issue and instead of transferring like any other player would have so that he can get straight to playing he decided to stay at Michigan uh, make up for his mistake and just keep working through it. And as a result, he got less production at Michigan, which lowered his draft stock. The point is, none of that impacts how he actually plays on the field. It just shows that he's got 
good character for sticking up for the fact that he made a mistake and he had to fix it and was willing to risk his future a little bit to to do the right thing and now he's you know on the field in the nfl he's he's undervalued right now to me absolutely i i would agree with that yeah so for a 20th round pick i'm very very happy with that yeah Yeah. so so gel does that does that mean you also ended at two qbs two tight ends and eight of each skill position eight running back eight receivers two beautiful two tight end yep super balanced 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 uh roster absolutely love your team jealous the only only thing that might be the uh dream downfall here is just the qb spot depending on who wins that starting job in new orleans i i I love the sermon but yeah maybe i would have maybe hedged it with somebody i know as the starting quarterback but no i I love it. Winston's a starter. I was, you know, I was going great. back. I, I did wait quite a bit to get Derek Carr. I could have gotten, I could have gotten somebody, you know, there was a, there was like Matt Ryan going around 10, 11. Uh, I could have gone him and it would have had a little bit more of a sure thing, but you know, I was able to still get Mike Davis and, and then Rondale Moore at, at rounds 10, 11. So yeah. no, absolutely. I, I, I don't have, you know, I, I, that's how it shook out for me. And if 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 Derek Carr blows the first, or sorry, if Jameis doesn't get that job, then I pick somebody. Then I pick up somebody off waivers. Yeah, yep. You know? Kirk Cousins, I, and there's or some gonna shit. be there's gonna be veteran QB options out there yeah. as well. Except so. if yep. I'm in your league, I'm gonna see this, and I'm just gonna scoop up all the quarterbacks. So then you're screwed. No, we're not. We're not gonna be in a league together this year, Josh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, so if there's any takeaway from today. It is that you should not draft Derek Carr in a redraft league because his schedule sucks for the first five weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's the biggest takeaway. That's the biggest that, takeaway. Yeah. That Hype him. Your 15th with, rounder, don't take Derek Carr. What you need to yeah. do is plant the seed in the rest of your league. Like, oh, yes. man, Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs is poised to take a huge leap. Derek Carr is going to be great. Schedule. Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to draft him. Let somebody else do it and then laugh in their face. More like Derek Bentley. Come on. <laughs> that's the worst that's that the was worst. A, that's the that worst yeah. you could have done there you know i i'm i'm working on bentley my dad jokes ri- because i'm not you a chose dad the yet. wrong br- you chose a bentley to shit yeah, what's on somebody wrong? yeah it was a joke it was sarcasm it was a very bad one i know that's why i'm working on my dad jokes i'm not a dad yet but i want to get there <laughs> you should want like Derek yeah, well, geoprism get, keep, or something keep, keep working don't don't stop working because there's a lot to there's a lot to do dads never stop work working on their jokes um, a lot of work to do. All right. Well, that was that was uh, it was fun. It was fun to talk about. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, that was our dynasty dream teams based on several attempts at mock drafts to get it to go the way that we wanted it to go. Uh, as you saw, we had some overlap. We had some differences. Uh, some of us had a little better luck than others, and that is the nature of how fantasy drafts hey, that's work. That's just skill, baby. That's just <laughs> skill. Or yeah. I guess it's skill. It's not luck at all. It's just yeah. skill to get Kyle 100%. Pitts way after every other draft takes him i'm just saying uh, yeah no i got you uh <laughs> any uh any last minute plugs you guys want to want to throw out there um i'll i'll wait and save all the uh socials for ellis here but just want to preview <laughs> next week uh dirty rick is going to be on uh his honeymoon so uh you got the two guys left standing me and dj jelly gel here we're going to do a mock draft so we're going to put it out on socials for you guys. We'll put a little uh, poll out if you'd like to have us do separate 
mock drafts or if you want us to draft the same team together and run through our viewpoints. So we'll put that up on socials here and uh, we'll go off the votes and see what you guys want to do. But uh, something to look forward to for next week. Those socials being that Josh is talking about on Instagram and on Twitter at Dead Arm Sports. Use that hashtag DAS. Hit us up on the in the DMs. Slide into them like you would any other uh, any other you know like you're stealing home. Like uh, you're stealing home. <laughs> like you're stealing home. Come in hard, and uh, we'll we'll be sure to get back to you. Uh, and as mentioned before, uh, or on the previous previous episode, you know any questions that you guys have, absolutely, we're ready we will, to answer. We'll them. be sure to you know. We'll get Rick to Rick can handle that. Yep. yep. Just text Gladly. him. Just text him your questions yeah, to eight six seven five three zero nine. That's the one. Call, hit him on the bat phone. No area code. That's, <laughs> yeah. Dead on. Dead All arm. Right. Dead arm. All right. Dead arm. Just yeah. Yeah. Dead arm. <laughs> well, that will uh, wrap it up for our Dynasty Dream Team episode. Thank you again for joining us, and we will catch you on the next one. Catch you on the flippity flip. Whoop. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs>